This is the Misdirected Mark Podcast, a podcast about gaming, game mastering, and entertaining you, our listeners. We are explicit, so you have been warned, and I'd like to thank Mike Willer for letting us use his music on our show. Now let's pick up those mics and get on with this thing. Okay, I am going to have Elton open the security door. Uh, yeah, yep, uh, it opens. And, all right then, uh, Priv just looks inside to see what's left of the cargo. Uh, yeah, yeah, you see um, boxes, like lots, lots of boxes. All right, do we have any idea what's in them? Uh, I'm going to move over to examine the first one. What do I need to roll? Yeah, you don't need to roll. Don't bother. Um, it's um, uh, seeds. Wow. Yeah. Seeds. We took out a platoon of Imperial troopers. And blew up two assault ships. Plus, with his spies on Gratuitous 5, trying to kill themselves rather than reveal the cargo location. For seeds? Yeah, yeah. Why not seeds? Are they special seeds? What kind of seeds are they? Mm, I don't know. Like, uh, space wheat. It's not much of a haul. Wow. Phil, is everything all right? Suddenly on par for your usual adventures. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling this adventure anymore. I, I don't know. Maybe it's time to, to do something else. Okay. I mean, I can run something next time. There's something I want to play test. Uh, how do you guys feel about playing pizza delivery guys? <laughs> and with that, welcome to the Farm first episode of the Mr. Mark podcast. So let me start how to deal with GM Burning. Along the way, we take your suggestions, comments, and examples from the live chat room for life before heading into the after show. But first, my name is Jerry. My name is Phil. And I am Old Man Logan. Welcome back to another Misdirected Mark episode. Time for us to do the temperature check thing. See how everybody's doing. How's everybody feeling, Phil? Uh, well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm actually feeling pretty good, my friend. Um, I am uh, physically feeling pretty well um better rested um got some uh having some good sleeps um just overall physically feeling pretty okay and um mentally i am i'm also doing pretty well like feeling pretty good uh spirits are up and uh yeah yeah i think you know what i'm i'm good to go how about uh how about you jer uh, pretty good. Um, work has been good. Uh, I've been getting a little bit more sleep. Uh, mentally, I've been a little game burned out. I just haven't had a lot of creativity. My GMing has kind of slipped. I haven't done a lot of like role-playing game stuff, and I haven't done a lot of role-playing game interactions. That's been kind of... You get that little, little dip point in your life where nothing creative is going on, which is why tonight's topic is so so uh, tidy. But I'm not like in a depression or anything like that. I'm still just, just kind of in a funk and kind of coming out of it. I've been doing a lot of cleaning and stuff to kind of make up for it. Um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I'm tired because uh, every opportunity I get, I got to try and do a little cleaning, a little packing, uh, a little rearranging to get the house ready for sale. So um, ready for moving out. It's already sold. Um, so, you know, a little tired, but uh, but otherwise doing pretty good physically, mentally feeling pretty good. Uh, looking forward to, you know, getting through all of this house and condo stuff and getting started on the... Uh, on the next season of Bob. So, um, yeah, doing pretty good. Next season of Bob. Now I want to go out and I want to get a, uh, I want to get a sound bite of, uh, of Wanda Maximoff saying spirits lifted. 
Right. Nice. All right. So let's roll on in to the one thing. Oh, look what I said. I said roll. I know. I figure since you said roll on in, you should go first. (laughs) So I would just like to say that rollerblade wheels are the bomb. Um, Whoever decided to put rollerblade wheels on a chair should be given the Nobel Peace Prize um, or the Nobel Prize in something in, in ergonomics. I don't know. Chair technology. Let's make up a new category if we have to. The standard casters are no longer viable for me. After rolling around on, on Phil's chairs, when he replaced <laughs> his casters on all his rolly chairs with the with the rollerblade wheels, I'm like, I got to get some of these. So I got mine today. They came in, and I put them on before the show. And I'm like, this chair is fabulous now. I will never go back to another chair with casters on it. It should be illegal to put regular casters on a chair that has wheels. They should automatically put rollerblade wheels on them. Yeah, they're not even terribly expensive no, per pack. No. They're like they're 12 to 15 bucks a pack. And uh-huh. um, the only thing you have to be aware of um, if you have uh, any height restrictions with your chairs is that uh, it does raise the chair up like another inch or so. So like I have them on the um, chairs in the game, like around the game table. But I don't have them on the um, I don't have them on my office chair because my office chair, like the way my desk is, there's this um, drawer that's supposed to be like the tray where you put the keyboard and mouse and stuff. And if I go up another inch or two, I would like be crushed against it. So that's unfortunate because I, I measure I checked mine out. I lowered my chair to see if it would go lower so that when it raised up with the wheels, I would have the, 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 the room to do it. And it's it's absolutely fine. I'm I'm like still, yeah, it's great. I have like a, a, a still a good like inch of clearance before I could whack my legs on this tray. So I made out lucky on that one. Excellent, excellent, yeah. excellent. Rollerblade wheels are the bomb, and boy, do they roll! And they roll on carpet. They <laughs> yeah. roll on hardwood. Uh-huh. They're fantastic. Yep. All right, Jerry, what's your one thing? Uh, it's Friday. We watched Heat, a movie that I have never seen before. I'd heard wonderful things about it. Um, I've seen a couple clips of it. Uh, I knew it was, you know, a bunch of amazing actors doing some amazing work with an amazing director. Um, so last Friday, we went over to the new Casa de Phil and we watched it. Um, and had amazing uh, cookie, cookie butter and other stuff like that. But it was just a lot of fun. It was really just a, a good cop movie. Um, had your rooting for the bad guys for the entire thing. And uh, just, it was a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed it. And it lived up, a movie that lived up to all the hype. So that was always good. good I was stuff. nervous. Oh, yeah. Phil, <laughs> so the only time movies, it, like I said, I don't mind, I don't mind a slow moving movie as long as it's slow moving with like good characters, good dialogue. And they're not just stretching the movie out just to, to pad for time. No, um, they, I, um... I like, you know, I've liked a lot of good slow moving, you know, uh, dramas, comedies, everything. Just don't do it with no point in mind. Hmm. That, that's all. That, that's the only difference. Yep. So that is fair. No, yeah. I think I think uh, Heat does a good job of that. It's uh, yeah. well, yeah. it's long, but it's well plotted, um, and you get a lot of side stories and stuff like about minor characters and things like that. So they make they make you care about all the characters, and once you've got a good character, I'll watch them do anything as long as they're doing something. Um, if they're just standing around spending two minutes showing you everybody in the bar, that's a different thing entirely. But this movie doesn't do that. When there's something on screen, there's a reason for it. And it's it's building the story, building the characters, building the background, building the plot, building the dialogue, building the tension, all that stuff. 
um, in such a good way that I thought was excellent. Yeah. Uh, all right, Bill. Uh, yeah, well, um, I'll, I'm going to change my background real quick. I'm in my new place. I am no longer recording from Studio 5, the uh, <laughs> the basement. Um, I have moved out into my apartment. Um, I am in, um, I'm right now in my office um, without my video background on. That is uh, the daybed, the Star Wars daybed behind me um, with the awesome pink pillow. Um, but I am sitting at my actual full desk. Um, and instead of recording this, like I usually do sitting downstairs in the basement on a 13 inch MacBook pro, um, I am getting to record this with both my screens. Um, so I have, uh, 48 inches of glorious space ahead of me. I'm front and back lit. Uh, I am not going to be cold when the weather changes. I assume we'll be recording in person by then but in case we're not for any reason like i won't be freezing all of those things so yeah i've been um it's been just over um it's been like a little over a week it was a week on friday when you guys came out for heat that was a week since i've been in the apartment and um on saturday so eight days into the apartment i unpacked the last box um which i couldn't have done without jerry's um without jerry's generosity jerry had an extra uh, bookcase that he didn't need. Um, so I spent Saturday morning, afternoon, brunch time, putting the bookcase together. And then once I got it in, I was able to unpack my novels. Um, and the bookcase looks fabulous. It's exactly what I wanted and exactly where I wanted it. Um, and so I took out to the garbage, the last of my moving boxes, and I am now officially moved in. Um, it's lovely. Um, I still need my couch to come. My couch isn't getting here till August. Um, so I'm just kind of existing on a chair and some extra camping chairs for seats for other people. Um, or you can just roll in the office chairs, right? The rolly chairs yep. um, roll right so, in. So we but, uh, but yeah, like it's, uh, it's good. Like I'm, I've been cooking every night. Um, in fact, so first of all, I'm sleeping better. I'm sleeping on my new mattress um, it's amazing. I'm super comfortable. Like I'm getting great sleep every night. Um, I've been cooking nearly all my own food. Um, like I've only eaten out with you guys on game nights. Um, so I'm only eating out like once a week. So I feel like a ton better. Like I'm just making good food and, um, and doing that. And, um, work's been pretty chill. So I was like able to get settled in here without having to like put fires out at work. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good. Like, it's just good. Um, I feel a lot better. There like, you go. If, if you've been worried point. about me over the last couple <laughs> months, I can say that um, this is the this is the inflection. Like last week when we didn't record was like the inflection point where I went from um, where I went from like not good to starting to be good. And we're building up from there. Yeah. So. And cool. Well, well, I'm sure the 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 sleep portion of that is a heavy component because lack of sleep, oh, yeah. proper sleep, will do a lot of shit to you. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm still working on weeknights of getting my sleep yeah. up to a reasonable, like to a more reasonable amount of time. It, it is better, um, but what but what I have noticed is like my Apple Watch has a sleep tracker on it, and so one of the things like it tells you is um, how well you're sleeping. Like he just gives you a percentage, but it tells you basically how well you're sleeping based on how much movement you have, like while you sleep. 
And so I was like at like between 35 and 40% a night before I moved into the apartment. And now I'm like somewhere between 50 and 70% sleep quality every night, like when I sleep. So like I, and even like, I just like, I don't even feel busted up. Like this, this mattress is like the perfect amount of soft and support. Yeah. So like things that used to hurt me don't hurt me. Um, I just like, I wake up in the morning and I just like feel good, like ready to start the day. So awesome. It's uh, it's good. It's good. We'll talk. I'll talk about like some more specific stuff about like, you know, you guys being over and stuff like that when we get into the community corner. But I do want to run through a few announcements because we yep. do have a couple. Um, and I know Bob's got one as well. So I'll do two and then I'll give one over to Bob uh, and then we'll jump into the main topic. So first announcement is uh, I want to announce that we're having a summer break. So, yes, we're on the air today, but uh, we will be off for the next two weeks. Um, we're just uh, it's summer. And we got, you know, a bunch of stuff going on and, you know, Bob's getting ready to move out and stuff like that. And so uh, we're just going to take two weeks off. And uh, what that means for our live audience is there's no live show on the 13th or the 20th. Um, But we will be back uh, live on the 27th. What that means if you are listening to us um, when the podcast drops is that there is no show that's going to be dropping the week of the 20th and the week of the 27th. You will get your next show um, on the first week of August. So the week of August 3rd, second or third, I think. Yeah. Um, they drop on Tuesday. So it's so they drop on Tuesday. So your next, your next one will be August 3rd. So we'll come back and see you in August. Um, and we're just going to take some, time off and relax. If you um, are a live listener uh, and also worried about the watch parties, watch parties will be continuing and I'll, that'll segue into our next topic as well. But watch parties will be continuing on Tuesdays. Um, just no, um, just no show, no live shows on uh, the 13th and the 20th. Okay. And we'll put up announcements on uh, social media, Slack room and all that. Like when we come back live so that we, you know, can have you guys, you know, all join us again. But in the meantime, take a little time in the summer, relax. Um, we are, and uh, and August will be an exciting uh, August will be an exciting month. <clears throat> okay, that was our first announcement. My first announcement. My second announcement is just a reminder: the Voyager watch party is now heading into week eighteen, and we are entering season seven, the final season yeah. of Voyager. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're watching most of the episodes in season seven, so. I think there will be a couple of bonus, but I think for like the next couple of weeks, we are basically just going to watch our way through um, the majority, the vast majority of the episodes. They're all very good. If I, if I did my calculations correctly, don't hold me to this, but I believe that August 3rd will actually be the finale for Voyager. So cool. we will all like, we'll, uh, we'll get together live on the show and then we'll have one last watch party as we uh, as we get ready to uh, as we get ready to say goodbye to Voyager, which I think has been a fantastic run. Oh, absolutely, very, absolutely. Yeah. So glad so. I decided to watch the whole thing. <clears throat> yeah, I'm 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 glad too. Right, this is like my um, like my second uh, run through, and uh, I'm I I'm finding that I love it even more uh, watching it. Yeah, good stuff. Cool, Bob. Yeah, 
Our last announcement for the night is the forums. Misdirected Mark Forums Dice Bag Giveaway continues through July 30th. Some may be going, but that's not the last day of July. Why didn't you just make the 31st? Because A, I forgot there was a 31st, and B, it's a Friday. The 30th is a Friday, and I wanted to be able to take that weekend, specifically Saturday, sift through all the entries, make sure I, I had my ducks in a row to get the winners so that the following show we could make the announcement of who won the thing. So, um, so yes, now through July 30th, you can still enter by going to the Misdirected Mark forums. There will be a link in the show notes and go to the introductions topic and introduce yourself. Say hello to everybody. And uh, hopefully you'll be one of our winners. Yay. All right. And that, my friends, will lead us into our wonderful topic of tonight. Which, Phil, are you ready? Yes. Workshop! Workshop! It's all about GM burnout. Oh, I can't do another one of these openings. How am I ever going to keep this up? Oh, I'm running out of steam ideas. I'm running out of passion to run anything. Oh, no, the burnout is coming. We're going to talk about how to get away around the work, around the burnout, and how to cure it, and how to get back into your gaming here in the workshop. And don't so sit up. Not my best one. I, that one went a little long. But it went a little long. I, lo- I lost my space. Like, I don't know. It's, it's all right. A, You're burned out on the workshop. Mm, is what yeah, you workshop are. Burnout, so. I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm going to get, that's like a solid C plus on that one. Like not. <laughs> so uh, this is our, going to be our workshop on GM burnout. Um, kind of came out of some different ideas. Something I'm actually kind of going through right now myself. So it was very timely. But uh, looking back, it's kind of surprising that in 440 episodes and all the shit we've been through, we never really talked about GM burnout. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if we did, like we forgot the episode because like or it's like super old because I don't remember doing this topic. And I look, trust me, I dug deep and as you know, as far back as before I started, like to around the time I started and couldn't find one. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I legitimately don't think we've ever done one. Yeah. That's a rare occurrence for us not to have done a topic, but that's All right. fair. <laughs> All right. Because GM burnout is actually a real thing. And every year, many, many GMs just stop running games for a period of time. And some of them never return. So tonight we're going to talk about what GM burnout is. How does it happen? How you can recover from it? And hopefully how you can prevent it. All right. But first, of course, we have to set up definitions. So... Behold, you are in the presence of Definition Panda. What do you got for us, Phil? Oh, yeah. Well, we got, of course, the key word for for tonight is burnout. Uh, Physical or mental collapse caused by overwork or stress. Oh, yeah. This phrase just hits me. (laughs) Um, I haven't been suffering from GM burnout, but I've been very close on the verge of work burnout and physical or mental collapse is exactly uh, correct. So I want to tease out a few um, pieces of this definition uh, just to kind of expand upon them, right? The first one is uh, physical or mental collapse. Meaning that when you're burnt out, just shut down and you can't do any more. It's yeah. you hard and that's it. Yeah, it's pretty rough, actually, like when it when it hits and we'll talk about it more. And as we get into the segment, but when it hits, it is um, like it, it's hard to get anything done. The next one I want to talk about is overworked. Right. That's, uh, you know, pretty, pretty obvious. 
basically you're just doing too much work. You're doing too much all at once. And this could be too much of one kind of work, or it could just be too much work overall in your entire life. Either way, you have to keep that in mind because it might not be overworking in one area or another, but just overall as a, as a cumulative thing. Yeah, I mean, I've had people who are like, no, 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 the game's not too much. The game's not too much work. And then it's like, well, what else is going on in your life? And it's like, well, I'm doing this and this and this and this. And it's like, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. All right, next one I want to talk about is stress. This is the feeling of being overwhelmed or unable to cope with mental or emotional pressure. And stress can be caused by any number of things. Your work, your family, gaming, finances, health, uh, the state of the world outside. Any of this can add to your stress. And when that happens, it can just overwhelm you. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, I mean, there's no end to the list of uh, where stress comes from. So, you know, and it'll be, you know, that's also going to be very personal to you. There are things that some people stress about and other people don't, those kinds of things. Okay, so uh, expanding from burnout, let's talk about GM burnout, right? GM burnout, this is when a GM uh, has a physical or mental collapse caused by overwork or stress and is unwilling or unable to GM or even possibly even play. And in most cases, I'm going to say this, like in most cases, my experience is this is a, um, this is a mental collapse. Like you, when you, when you kind of hit GM burnout, like you just kind of shut down mentally about it. I don't know if anyone's ever physically collapsed from a, from GM burnout, but it's definitely like, it's, it's entirely possible depending on how you process stress. Um, regardless of how it manifests, the end result is the same, right? The GM does not want to or cannot GM their game. Like they just stop. Now burnout can, can manifest either quickly or slowly. It's quickly. This means that some confluence of events has occurred recently that just overworks or stresses the GM in a very quick timeline. But slowly things that occur where they just slowly build up and stay build up and the GM probably feels overworked or stressed, but doesn't see it as any relief coming up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and burnout comes in two forms. Obviously, if it's temporary, the thing's there. Typically, it goes away to take a little time off. And soon your GM is up and ready to run some games again. But oftentimes, it becomes long-term. And this goes on and on, even after things get better. And things might become less stressful, but the GM just doesn't feel like they want to return to what's going on with GM itself. Yeah. So now that we understand what it looks like, let's talk about how it happens. Jerry, what can you tell us about how GM burnout occurs? So let's go back to the keywords for the definition. Overwork and stress. We're going to start there. If the gym is overworked, it's going to come from basically several different sources. Phil? Yeah. So, you know, for example, like it's been a hard semester and the GM has several large projects coming up and there's a person that's like out at work. So, you know, you're picking up extra shifts and, you know, now the group's finished the, you know, last part of the um, adventure that you were running. So now like, you're feeling stressed and overworked because like on top of everything that's going on, you now have to prep like a new game, okay. like, a, you know, a new adventure where before, like you were just running, you know, the thing that you prepped before, but now like now you got to like prep a whole new adventure. And so suddenly you're feeling stressed and overworked and you know, that burnout kind of starts setting it. Mm -hmm. I think that is from a single source, which could be the game itself. Yeah. So like, you know, for instance, the game has recently advanced to a new tier of play, right? So like maybe you guys leveled up and reached a new tier and session planning has gotten a lot more complicated, right? Like what used to be like, oh, in an hour, I can prep this whole thing and we're good to go. But now at this tier of play, 
like you're looking at three to four hours of prep per session if you really want to like get stat blocks and all of those things, you know, done out correctly. It goes from being fun to being work. Yeah, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that in a mm-hmm. uh, what you call it, in a few minutes. Yep. So, in addition to overwork, you've also got stress, and stress can be coming from any number of places in their life. It could be coming from outside of the game. Right. The GM and their partner now have a new child. Super stressful. Um, the work of parenting and taking care of a new child is manageable, but like your sleep is impacted. Um, there's all sorts of like new parenting stress. Like, are we, you know, are we doing this right? Um, you know, the first time the kid gets a fever, like all of those things, right? Like um, totally can just kind of, you know, can create stress uh, on somebody as they're, you know, as they're also, you know, GMing your game. No, the stress could also be coming from inside of the game. Yeah, I mean, let's not neglect that, right? Recently, like one of your players has been arguing with another player every session. Um, and so while the groups talked about it, uh, you know, every, like it's not resolved. And so every game, the two of them start bickering with each other. And like, you know, as, as your job as the GM, like you're working extra hard to kind of keep the table settled um, doing like, you know, like, you know, and, and worrying, like, are they going to, you know, are they going to start bickering with each other again? Can they just get through, you know, can they just get through a game without fighting with each other? Like what's going on here, you know, builds up stress about the game. Remember, it can also be something that just isn't even between players. It could be something as simple as the game itself has reached a point where it's not quite as much fun. So yeah. that can cause a lot of stress itself just by the nature of the game. Mm-hmm. So. It's honestly one or the other. You can be overwork and stress. One of them can be from real life. One can be about the game. You can mix and match them. Um, it's a great little game to play. Where's yeah. my stress and where's my overwork coming from? <laughs> yeah, it's, it it's great. All places. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, um, and and that's the you know that's the thing you have to be aware of is like as we talk about this, like you can't just look at like what's the game doing, right? Like you got to look at like what's going on in my life. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little later. I want to bring up something called the GMing energy cycle. Um, no patent pending on that name, but it'll it'll suffice for what we need to talk about tonight. Um, to really understand GM burnout, we really need to understand the energy cycle that a GM goes through. Um, in all things, we at times expend energy, right? Physical or emotional energy. Um, and at other times, we get or generate physical or emotional energy, right? So sometimes things we do, you know, are kind of draining and sometimes things we do kind of fill us up. Uh, And GMing is no different, right? As GMs, uh, we are always in this cycle of spending energy and gaining energy. Um, And it's a little different for each of us based on things that like, like things that we like about GMing and things we are less comfortable about GMing, those kinds of things. But in general, I'm just going to use this as a very general fact. There'll always be people who are different, but stick with me here. In general, it kind of works like this, right? We expend energy when... When we're preparing a game and getting things ready. Mm-hmm. Or maybe when we're trying to learn a new rules or setting or system, trying to manage a the table. Um, spend energy when you're running a game and it's not going well, or it's having issues, or it's not moving at the speed you want. All those things can, can, can take up your energy. Exactly. Right. You're, you're like putting energy in to kind of push these things through. We gain energy though. When? Or is that because with cool ideas and you have inspiration? I've got this great new idea for a game or I have this scenario I want to run. That gives you lots of energy. 
you're five minutes tables, you're having a good time. You're sitting there watching your friends and enjoying interacting with them and seeing how the game is moving and they're all just having a great time and that's just contagious. And sometimes when you're just running a game and things are exciting and fun and everybody's involved and things are moving at a good speed, that can give us back some energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we as people... Again, I'm just going to keep extending this this concept forward, right? We we as people have a finite amount of energy in an, in any given day, week, month, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And some portion of that energy is going to be dedicated to the games you're running, but it's still a finite level. Exactly. You dedicate all your energy just to running games. Even if you could, it still would be finite. Mm-hmm. Like even if you didn't have a job or uh, anything else, you would still be spending some amount of time on gaming. So the trick here is, what we want is when we're running games, we want to generate more energy than we expend. We want our gaming to be a net positive. Basically, you want to get more out of the game than you're putting into it. And that's possible. In addition, you want to see good positive energies also make it to other parts of your life less stressful. Being in the game and playing makes the rest of your life better. Mm-hmm. And really, it's the whole purpose of playing role-playing games. It's a form of recreation. It's a social activity. Um, they put it in the vernacular. Sometimes they'll give you back some spoons. Um, and it's one of those things where if everybody's working together, you can get a lot more out of it than anybody puts it in community together. It just feeds on itself in a good way. Yep. Exactly. And and you know this, right? Like, you know yeah. when you've run a good episode, like, yeah. you get the GM high. Yep. Like, I know when I get it, like, I get, like, excited, and I'm chatty, and I'm like, oh, the game, and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll, there'll be times, like, when I've um, run games, and, like, I've, you know, left the game, and I'm driving home, and I call Senda, and I'm like, oh, the game, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, like you know, like, I got to dump the whole thing out to her because I'm, like, super excited about it. Um, and, like, that's that positive energy, right? Like, that's that that's part of that, like, it charged me up. Like I have good, positive, emotional energy and even physical, because if I've run a really good game, I often just can't go to sleep right after the game. Oh, no, 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 no. Like I am like, you know, no, I'm up for a while. Like, Mm -hmm. like we're up. Okay. So net positive is where we want to be. What we don't want is if our game turns into a net negative. Yep. And by that, we mean you're putting more energy in the game than you're getting out of it. that energy is going to be coming from someplace else, which is going to be drawing away from something else. And this is going to create additional worker stress. We head into a burnout. It's going to be a vicious cycle. If you're constantly putting more into a game, then you get out of it positively. You're just going to eventually burn out and take it out of other parts of your life as well. Exactly. Right. We want gaming to be a net positive. When it is, it's something that gives us energy, but it also makes other parts of our lives more pleasant. I know that. Um, you know, we typically play on Sunday nights. I know that if I have a really good game on a Sunday, like just a really good round the table, having a good time, hitting a good story or whatever, like that makes Monday just a little more bearable, right? Like it's just, a, it's just a little better when I go in on to work, like when I, you know, log into work on Monday, because it's like, oh yeah, cool game. And I'm feeling good. And it's like, well, it's Monday, but whatever, like, you know, I had a good game last night, like kick ass. Let's go, you know, let's get this, let's get this week done and let's get to the next game on the other side, right? So we know that's true. Yep. All right. But what we're concerned about is when a game goes from being a net positive to being a net negative. Now, games aren't always going to be net positive, but 
it might even be not negative, but overall we want it to be positive more often than negative. You're always going to have a game that doesn't quite go the way you want, but overall you should be seeing your games being a positive as opposed to just being kind of a downer and draining and treating to that point. If the game gets stuck being in that negative, then we have a risk of turning into the entire, excuse me, start again. <laughs> if we end up where a game continues to be in that negative, we have a chance of becoming a full burning afterwards. Yeah, and I mean that's the, I mean that's the thing. Like you can have a bad session, or even part of a bad session, right? Like you can start off a game and it's like it's just kind of sucking energy out of you, and then mm-hmm. by the end it picks up and you're feeling good. Or you can just have like one bad game. That's not the beginning of burnout, yeah. right? But like when your game is always draining energy, <clears throat> like that's how you start. Yeah. Like. Yep. Exactly. Twice as a coincidence, three times as a pattern or something along those lines. Right? Yeah. So to kind of sum this up, right? Like, I just want to touch on the three things before I kick it to Bob for the next section. Um, so stresses, right? Stresses can be a thing that, um, that you know, leads to burnout. Uh, overwork in any area of your life can lead to burnout. And when your game goes net negative, can lead to and and your game could go net negative for the other two reasons or just for just in general like it's yeah. so consider all three of these things as we keep talking yeah big picture all right so with that understanding of what can lead to burnout what does it look like phil how can we be aware of the signs so that we can address it before it becomes critical yeah so burnout doesn't just like like kick on right like it it builds up Um, So what does it look like, right? It has like, it has phases and for simplicity's sake, because none of this stuff is ever documented by experts. And, you know, we make up a lot of the stuff as we just write the notes. Um, We're just going to call this like early, mid and late burnout. I'm going to just draw um, heavily on my own experiences of GM burnout. Um, And these are going to be somewhat arbitrary and depending on how you process stress and other things, um, you may have all of these steps. You may skip the, like you may skip one of these steps. You may go from early to late, or you may not even have it early. You may just go mid to late, whatever. But I think as we describe these phases, you'll recognize some of these signs. So let's start with early. What does early burnout start to look like, Jer? First of all, you have some mentor resistance to the game. Uh, I don't know if I want to play this week kind of thing. I don't want to know if I want to prep. Yeah. I don't, yeah, you know what, maybe, you know, or the minute anybody gives you any sort of resistance to playing this week, you're like, yeah, we're just going to cancel, you know. I don't know if I can make it this week. All right, we'll just skip this week. Um, this can be mild if you easily overcome. Um, you're going to cut a few corners in prep. For the most part, your prep is still good for the game, but you're going to feel tired at the end of the session and you're not getting any energy out of winning the game. At the end of the game, you're like, okay, we had fun. Kind of thing. Maybe, Actually, maybe you had fun. Mm-hmm, maybe. No, 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 the, 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 the tone of my voice. Oh, okay, yeah. We had fun, you know. Exactly. That kind of thing. That, yeah, that's so, how you look at it. so from early, we move into mid-like range burnout. Yeah. At this point, your mental resistance to the game is much greater. You're procrastinating any kind of game-related tasks. You're not crap, you're not scheduling, you're not reading. You're going to be easily distracted by other things and other games. You're half-assing your prep. It's not going to be detailed enough. You're not right enough. And running the game becomes a chore. Um, you're thankful when the concession's over and you're relieved when everyone leaves. And again, as I said, if anyone cancels coming to the game, you just cancel the game entirely. Oh, yeah. And like one person done. cancels, you're like, oh, we can't play tonight. Yeah. Like, yep. like we don't have to play. Yeah. And, okay. re- and the thing is, you'll notice this because you feel relieved. Yes. When you cancel the game. Yeah. You're you like, know? oh, good. 
you like, know what? I don't have to run tonight. Yeah, I'm going to go sit and watch some more cartoons, whatever. I'm going <laughs> to jump on the computer, play some games or something, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, then then let's get to late stage burnout. At this point, your best, your best risk of the game is solid. You're actively avoiding doing any gaming task. You're not doing any prep at all. You're bare minimum getting the table. Even that is, is really frustrating and painful to you. Um, you're at the point now where you're just you're showing up, and that's basically it. Um, just thinking of running the game fills you with dread and depression, and you're canceling the game for any reason or no reason at all. You know, I'm just not up for it this week. I want to cancel it. Um, I'm not sure what's going on, but we're just not going to have a game this week. Um, oops, I forgot to reschedule, so we're not going to do a game this week. Whatever. This anything you can, you just start to cancel because that gives you some relief. Yeah. All right. So now we understand what GM burnout looks like and what happens. So let's talk about what we can do before we get it. Jerry, how do we prevent GM burnout? Well, the first thing you want to do is look for it and see the start of it and address it before it gets to the late and mid-stage while still in the early stages. Um, be mindful about what it looks like. It's going to be most important that you recognize it at the early stage because it's going to be hard for people on the outside to recognize early stage GM burnout. Because they're not going to see the things you're doing behind the scenes. They're not going to see your reactions and feelings. However, once it's recognized, then you want to sit down and figure out what's causing it. Yeah, like you got to start, like this is the part where you got to like sit down and start being introspective and start asking yourself some questions, right? Like, is there an increase of work in the game or elsewhere, right? Is the game now harder to run? Um, Are there things going on in your life, like a new project, Uh, that you're working on outside of the game? Like, are you moving? Are you selling your house? Um, Are, you know, is the end of semester coming and you've got finals? Um, Do you have a big project coming up for work? Like all of those things, right? Like that is that, you know, those are places where like additional work starts to creep into your life. Now, second thing is, is there an increase in stress? Other things that you are worried about in your life, again, moving in relationships, getting sick, big projects, um, doing things you put on your plate, are those causing you stress? Or is there something in the gaming group itself that's causing stress? Are players not getting along? Um, are you feeling too challenged or not challenged enough? Are they not feeling challenged enough? Um, is nobody paying attention when the game is going on? All those sorts of things can cause your stress. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that could cause stress in a game is like like you feel like you're not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Like even if even if the game is going well, even if people are having fun, if you as a GM don't feel like you're doing a good job, like then it's even more stressful because no one wants to do a bad job at something, right? Well, like mm-hmm. like I you know, I used to suck at playing guitar and like after a while I dreaded playing guitar because I just wasn't very good at it and eventually it was just better not to play. Right. Like, so if you think you're doing a bad job, um, that can be a problem, which as a sidebar here, players, honest feedback to your GM is really critical. Um, If your GM's doing a good job, you need to tell them because I have gotten in my own head before and I'm sure it's happened to you guys, too. Mm -hmm. I've gotten in my own head where I've thought like, oh, this game isn't working. Mm -hmm. And once like once that burrows in deep enough, I'm like, oh, this game's got to go. Yeah. Like, oh my God, that session was terrible. You know, the players need to step up and go, no, no, it was great. We had a ball. And we enjoyed this and we enjoyed that. And that's one of my, that's one of my, um, that's one of my reasons for 
uh, the four session rule. Mm-hmm. Like I never kill a game until I've played four sessions of it. Cause I assume that at least the first one or two sessions aren't going to be that great. Yeah. And the same thing that goes into those of you who have ever taken writing classes, same thing goes into with your GM, be specific. In addition to, you know, that was a lot of fun. See, you know, that was a lot of fun. I really liked this part of it. Or I thought that, you know, I, I thought this character was really interesting to interact with. Yeah, but they screwed you over. Yeah, but it was fun getting screwed over by them. They were entertaining. Or I, re- I really, really like that car chase, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. I really like these mechanics. I think these, mm-hmm. I think these, like, I, I, you know, I love, I love where my character's going. I can't wait to play more to see. Yeah. Like anything like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. then, then the GM will take that much more to heart. Having somebody simply tell them you're doing a good job. Well, that could be heartfelt and honest. Doesn't feel the same as somebody telling you, you did a really good job. And I thought this was cool. Yeah. There's because no, that, 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 that's, uh, it's, it's, it doesn't just tell the GM, what was awesome it tells them what are the things that you actually enjoyed what can they what can they hook on and give them more things to work on in the future yeah because when yeah, they get that downtime they'll get that feeling where you know well i don't know what to do in the next session but wait bob said you really like this so i'm just gonna stick another scene like that into the game yeah and that'll fill in that gap and then i'll then i'll have a good time with it go ahead Phil. and, and ahead, let me, yeah let me just jump in real quick because as the queen said in the in the chat room when you do give your feedback, if there's any criticism, you be gentle with that criticism. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be like, oh, that other part sucked. Like, no, you want to be like, yeah, I thought maybe, you know, like the motivation of the of the lieutenant wasn't really clear. But overall, they were a really interesting character to to interact with. And that part was great. But but maybe, you know, like like it, you could have like given us a little bit more about what was motivating them. Cause it wasn't, we weren't hundred percent sure or something, you know, you gotta <coughs> yeah. use tact. Yeah. There's a, um, there's a level of being, um, candid, but kind. Yes. Okay. The other thing, the other thing that you need to, um, look at introspection wise is they pull us out of that sidebar on oh. criticism and back into, um, being introspective about where your burnout's coming from. That last one is starting to think about, is this game a net positive or net negative? Um, and, you know, the easiest way to, to to determine that is like when the session is over, are you energized? Like, are you excited? Because if you're not, like, then it may not be a net positive. Now, I will caveat that with, if this is your first or second session of the game, it's going to be pretty hard for it to be a net positive. There are some games like right out of the gate, you can get a good net positive out of, but a lot of games are going to be either net neutral um, or they're going to be a little rough depending on how like, you know, well you grokked the rules and got the game off the ground or whatever. Yeah, but give it time. if you're in, if you're in the middle of a campaign and suddenly your game is like a net negative, that's like you, like that's a thing you need to, you need to start thinking about like why, yep. Yep. Why is it a net negative? What what has changed or what has happened? <clears throat> so hopefully this is going to give you a chance to reveal the cause or causes for what's causing this burnout. Once you determine your cause, now you're going to figure out what you need to address it and how. But this is going to vary depending on what it is and how it's happening. So here are some general, very general ways things can be dealt with. Yeah, I mean, there's so many... Um, we're going to give some very broad strokes here because there are so many ways you could feel stressed or uh, overworked or whatever. Like there's no way we can address all of them. So here's just some general ideas behind that. Right. Um, 
first of all, if if whatever is um, troubling you is is going to just be for a finite amount of time, like um, I just have to like get through this move, uh-huh. right? Like you can just stop running until that thing passes, yep. right? Like oh, the holidays are coming up. I'm super stressed out. You know, it'd be good. Let's not have to run any games until the holidays are over. Right. That's a that's a real easy way to kind of to kind of deal with. That. That's one of the reasons why we've almost always had a holiday hiatus with all of our in gaming our gaming groups. groups. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. If it's a more permanent change, you might have to reevaluate your time and priorities to attend game if possible. Maybe your job schedule has shifted, and now you're working. Uh, that's that ends halfway through your normal game session. So now you're having trouble gaming, or you're rushing your sessions to only get half sessions in. Maybe it's time to move to another night and just take that stress off again. Mm-hmm. Anything along that line can be any sort of permanent change. You might have to readjust your entire gaming schedule and your gaming lifestyle and do something that works for everybody. I mean, the hard parts of this might be that like, um, you know, for instance, like, let's say you went from like a part-time job to a full-time job and, yeah. you know, like your time is shrunk and, you know, you were, you were playing 40 K plus you were playing magic. Plus you were doing role-playing games. Like this might be the time where you're like, you know what? I don't think I can do all three of these on a regular basis. Like I think I'm going to, you know, like not worry about playing magic and just, you know, focus on my 40 K and my gaming, you know, and shrink like, because there is a finite amount of time, energy and schedule that you have. Um, And if, you know, you're feeling the crunch of it, trying to like run your game because you're running out of time because something else in your life has gotten, has expanded. Like you then have to try to cut something back. Um. So yes, um, so that, you know, that's what we're talking about there. Um, if the game is too complicated um, in the time that you have, uh, consider consider running a different game. Like, yes, you love running, you know, super complicated Crunchmaster 5000, um, but, you know, your new job doesn't like afford you the, you know, seven to eight hours it takes to prep Crunchmaster Crunch 5000. Um, so maybe you just, you know, you want to play, you know, pass the stick game. I'm just being very hyperbolic here. Right. Yeah. Like, but like we no, all know, it makes sense. Yeah. we all know there are games that are easier to prep and run than other games. Yep. Um, and if you just don't have the time, like then you may need to find a new game. I will also caveat that with, if you don't have the time to prep your game, you can also to plug one of my own books. You could also look at something like never unprepared, which talks about like, how do you pare down your prep? Because I wrote that book when I was about to become a parent and was going to have far less time to prep my games than I was used to and started working on how do I cut that down to something I could do uh, in a smaller amount of time. So that would be the other part is actually um, look at improving your own prep to make yourself more efficient. Yep. All right. And lastly, if the problems are in the group itself, address the problem. Now, you might have to remove some members that cannot change or are just unwilling to change uh, and go from there. Yep. Sometimes you just have to say, you know, we have to make some changes to this gaming group and move on. And we, I think all of us have been in game groups that have had to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's tough. I mean, we know that, you know, not to get too deep into this, but, you know, we know like when our friend groups and our game groups overlap, um, remove members is not always the easiest thing um but if your game has become a net negative and you can identify like it's a net negative because this person is killing it 
sometimes you got to do the uncomfortable thing. Yep. So if you can make these adjustments in that early phase of burnout, you have a good chance these will go back to normal and your gaming will recover. Then you'll end up getting away from the burnout in the long run. Exactly. So if we're lucky, we can head off more severe burnout. But what if we can't? What if a GM burns out? How can someone recover from that, Phil? Yeah. So if you have progressed past the early stage, right, and can't head it off, you burn out. Um, your recovery from burnout will always need a little downtime. Uh, the um, the, Purit the Puritan just power through, or as Coach Collins, my high school gym teacher, would say, walk it off, um, yeah. is probably not the best uh, yeah, course right. of action, right? <laughs> um, just walk it off is probably not what you want to do here. Um, so you do need to take that downtime. Um, you need to give yourself permission to stop the game and like recover. Uh, because if you just try to push through, you'll just be more resentful. I would um, say that, at least from my own personal experience, I think that taking any life advice from high school gym teachers is probably not a good idea. <laughs> Coach, Coach Collins was a unique man. He, um, he used to run the gym class by standing off to the side and, uh, and hitting golf balls, not at us, but he would hit golf balls off to the side and hardly pay attention to us. And then if anyone got hurt, he'd just be like, walk it off. Yeah. Fantastic. My <laughs> peak of my education. Okay. So your best bet when you hit this mid to um, late stage burnout is to postpone the game for a period of time. Right. And go do something else. Now, you might not want a game, but you still want to hang with the groups. So you might just want to cope with something simple. Like, you know, we're just going to get together and we're going to watch a movie or we're going to chat. Or we're going to sit down and have a, a campfire or dinner or just hang out together to get that social thing. But depending on what's causing the burnout, you also just might want to take some time away from everyone and say, you know what? I just want to take a couple weeks off and just not see anyone, not do anything. And that's yeah. okay. As long as you understand what, what you're doing with it, it's okay to do that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, after you've recovered a bit, then you need to determine. Well, first of all, do you want to run a game again? Uh, you might say, you know what? I just want to run something different. I, I've got the bug back and let's go. But you might also come back and say, you know what? I just don't want to run for a while. I just want to play. It's a little fun to be a player um, for me right now. So, you know what? I'm just going to play a game and not run anything. Or you might just say, you know what? I just don't want to do any gaming right now. Gaming is taking too much of my energy. I want to stop doing gaming. I'm just going to do some social things with my friends for now. Mm -hmm. So all are valid. Else is perfectly acceptable. Yep. Yep. All are valid. Um, but those questions are going to gauge if gaming is still something you're interested in, right? Um, you might still want a game. Like your burnout might have just been like, I can't GM right now. Like my life is too busy, but I could totally play something, right? Like I'm not too busy to show up, you know, on a Sunday night and play. Everything that's stressing me out is like during the work week, you know, that kind of thing. Um, or, you know, it could be like, you are just not interested in gaming. Like something happened in your game group that has soured the whole experience. And you just like, you're like, I don't even want to run a game right now. Like, I don't even want to game with anyone. Mm -hmm. um, if you do want to run a game again, then there's a bit more work that you need to do on your road to recovery, right? Time isn't going to just be enough in most cases, unless the thing is finite, like, your finals are over, right? Like if, if you're, if you burned out because like, Oh, finals were coming up, eventually finals will like this semester will end. And then, you know, you'll be back to 
um, you'll be back to being able to do some, you know, some gaming. But you really do need to do the work that we talked about before. Like, even if you like during this recovery point, you need to figure out, like, why did I burn out? Like, what led to it? It was my game a net negative. Um, you know, am I overworked? Like, is is work plus home stuff plus, you know, I'm building an addition onto, you know, onto my house is like too much, you know, to do. Um, is it stress? Like all, you know, like you're, you know, like a family member sick and it's not, you know, now this is like hanging over you kind of thing. You need to do that introspection, just like we talked about before and figure that out. Because if you just rest and not address the root cause of how your burnout started, there's a good chance it'll just start up again once you take your break. So you'll take your break. You'll start playing again. You'll start burning out again. Mm-hmm. Then you'll take another break and then you'll recover and then it'll all start up again. And eventually you won't run again because eventually your brain will be like, well, every time I run a game, I burn out. Therefore I must not like it. Yep. So you can't cheat the, you can't cheat the hard work part of this, which is the introspection and the like looking at what's going on in your life and you know, sometimes making hard decisions, like, do we keep this person in a game or not? Or um, do I need to switch games? Cause I don't have time to run this game. Even though I love this game, I don't have time to prep 18th level pathfinder every week right now. Like it's not happening. I need to play something. I need to run something else if I'm going to be able to run it all. So you got to like, you, you got to do that extra work. Otherwise you run the chance of just burning out again. Yeah. All right. Yep. Before we hit the break, we want to talk a little bit about the player side of this specifically, what can players do to help with burnout in their GMs? And then we'll talk a little bit about player burnout itself. First of all, players have to understand that what they can do about GM burnout might be a bit limited. And GM burn is often a function of their life and things going on in it and nothing to do with the players. But, there's still some things that players can do. First, if you see your GM starting to burn out, ask them about it. Maybe offer to run a few games if the GM needs to take a few sessions off. You can always help with any in-group issues that have come up if it's appropriate to do so. Maybe the GM feels stressed having to constantly intercede between two other players, but the third player can take them both aside and talk about it so it doesn't become more of a problem. And be understanding if the GM needs to change games. If the GM says, you know, I'm just not enjoying this anymore. I want to go on to something else. Say, okay. If you're enjoying this, let's move on to something else. Um, understand that. Most of us are there to play, to be with our friends, and there's a way to do this in such a way that everybody feels supported. Yep. All right. Player burnout. Um, it's entirely possible for a player to burn out. It tends to be more rare, though. And I think we can explain this with the energy cycle. Um, players don't actually do as much work for a game or during a game. Right. Um, if we look at how much work a GM does outside of a game and then during a game, GMs do a lot of stuff. Right. I mean, we joke about the eight skills of a GM during game, but also GMs wind up prepping games almost always by default. They're the organizer for the game, those kinds of things. So because players don't actually do as much work, um, they actually expend very little energy in prep and play. Like maybe they got to level up a character during the week, or maybe they want to, you know, research a spell, a spell or two, but that's, you know, it's a small amount of energy. 
And then they wind up getting energy for playing. So players wind up usually in a large net positive if the game is good, right? So if the game is good and they're not being stressed by the game or, you know, and the game's going well, players tend to come out with large net positives. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's hard to get a game to flip to be a net negative. Now, that said, if the game becomes stressful, if there are problems at the table, microaggressions, arguments, um, those kinds of things, then the table experience itself becomes stressful enough that the game can flip to a net negative and a player could start to burn out with all of the same signs um, that we were talking about. Now, likewise, if a player's life becomes overworked or incredibly stressful, um, it could be, if it reaches a certain level, that um, that it becomes too much for even playing the game to be enjoyable. <clears throat> Right. Like, for instance, you know, if um, well, I don't know, we've talked about so many different things about players lives, but it, it's entirely possible that something could happen where a person is like, like, I can't even like I, I can't even enjoy playing right now. Mm-hmm. Like taking like being here and not being somewhere else is like it's actually like it's actually making things worse. Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of things. Um, so it is entirely possible that a player can burn out in those ways. Um, and when you do burn out, it's going to be very similar to how GMs burn out. It's going to be that resistance to wanting to do anything about the game, right? That's going to increase. Um, the desire for the game to get canceled increases, right? Like you just like all of a sudden you, um, you know, all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, I can't make it. You're like, oh, you know what? We should just cancel the game. Like if if John can't make it, like, I, you know what? Like I, like we, sh- we shouldn't even we shouldn't even play this week. We can just play next week. Right. Like that's the sounds of players who are like kind of burnt on the edges who are just Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I see an opening. Let's cancel the whole thing. Yep. Uh, And then ultimately just players being like, I don't want to play. Right. So um, it's very similar, very similar to how GMs, uh, how GMs deal with um, or how GMs burn out and how you solve it is very much the same advice that we've been talking about this evening about introspection and kind of identifying what's wrong and making those like finding and making those changes. So this is the first part of a look at GM burnout and a little bit about player burnout. So we're going to check with chat room in a moment, but first Bob is going to tell us about another show on the misdirected Mark. Yeah. I would like to tell you all about mastering dungeons, RPG veterans and game designers Teos Abadaya and Sean Merwin look at the game and the hobby of D&D from a variety of viewpoints, reporting the news, understanding the business, reviewing the products, and illuminating the design. Whether you're a fan, a player, a DM, or a designer, Sean and Teos cover topics of interest to you. Give it a shot. I think you'll enjoy the show. Yeah, that's some pretty nice copy. Yeah, I don't know who wrote that, but it's good. Uh, it's It's pretty snappy. Did Merwin write that? Like, <laughs> it's possible. That's, that's some pretty. That's a pretty snappy copy there. Yeah. I, I just you know, I I don't know who wrote it, but somebody should get some credit. That's <laughs> we should rewrite ours. I don't think ours is that good. Yeah, I think there's a couple <laughs> of shows that could use a freshening of the of the the the, the yeah. yeah yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. All right. So uh, anyway. Blake Ryan, um, uh, and welcome back to the show. You haven't been here in a while, or you've been lurking. Um, Blake said, um, with regard to um, you know uh, one one blown or one low energy uh, net negative game night, 
is not necessarily the end all of of that uh, situation. Um, because rules flow wise, some games don't gel in your head how good they were until mm-hmm. later reflection. So you get a couple of sessions in, and you're like, "Oh man, that 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 actually worked really well." In the moment, you don't really feel it, but looking back on it, it becomes clear. So yeah, like like Phil said, we always go with the with the four game, the four session rule for a couple of different reasons. You want to give that game time to try, to give it room to breathe, let it gel. Um, explore different aspects of it. If it's something that's got multiple subsystems, you can give it time to hit all of those subsystems. So you've got a little taste of everything. Give it room to breathe. If you're if you're full net negative <laughs> coming out of four sessions, um, then you definitely want to stop and look back at what's going on and see where you might be able to identify the problems. Um, yeah, I mean, aside aside from burnout, because burnout's cool. definitely a thing, right? But aside from burnout, the decision to kill a game after one session is a terrible idea. Oh, yeah. Any GM can have a bad session. Yeah. I, I have GM'd, I, I can't even count how many sessions. Um, any night, I could just have a bad session. Yeah. Well, like, it could just not work. Like, you can't, you can't base it on a on a single occurrence because anything could happen. You could just... You could have eaten something and your stomach's off and you're like trying to run the game, but you're like, you know, you got like a potty emergency in the back of your mind the whole time. Like yep. it's, you know, it's uh, that's my um, uh, Animaniacs potty emergency <laughs> reference. Um, but like that thing, one. like, but like if you're like, if you're physically not feeling great, like you could just have a shitty night, no matter how good the story it is that you wrote. Like you can never, yeah, you can never, you can never gauge a game. On a, on a single session of it. Yeah. Even if it's, you go into a game, like you're all, everybody at the table is excited because it's a genre, a system, and a, and a story idea that everybody's super excited about. And that first session just kind of runs flat. Yeah. And you're like, yep. oh, well, that's not what we, at all what we were looking for. Let's just walk away. No. You, 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 there's tons of things that go into what could make a game flat like that. You yep. give it the next session and the next session, and if you're still running flat, then you may have a problem. But if it's something that everybody's super excited about, I can almost guarantee you, you get into that next session, and you're probably going to have a little different experience from that flatness of the first one. So give it yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, now, that said, if you've been running the game for a while, yeah, and suddenly it starts feeling flat, like, it's entirely possible, and, you know, and this is, I think, what we were talking about off mics before we got started, um, it's entirely possible that your game has just run its course. Yep. Yeah. And that's not GM burnout. That's your um, GM burnout. It's like, I don't want to run the game. Like, I don't want to GM a game. Like, it's too stressful to GM a game. Um, a game running its course is like, well, I'm playing this game, but I'm not like, I'm, I still want to GM, but I'm not enjoying this game. Yeah. And, and that's another thing you need to tease out. Like, um, if you're feeling that resistance, because the um, game having run its course is not is going to feel fairly similar to the early stages of burnout, where you're just kind of like, eh, I don't know, like, I don't want to really run or prep this thing or like, I don't know, like, it's all right. I guess like we could play it this weekend kind of thing. Like the the part where you have to separate yourself is like, think of if I was playing another game would I be more excited right now? 
That's why you yeah. have to do that introspection. You have to ask yourself those questions. You have to look at what's what what you think is causing your feelings. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pull the other players yeah. at the table too. See how everybody else is feeling about the game. If everybody's like, you know, I feel like we've done enough. We've hit all yeah. of the high points. You know, we've we've yeah. we've done what we can do with this mm-hmm. time. Time to move on. Yeah, and that and that's a different and that's a different like that's a different thing. That's literally just change your game. Like that's just your game ran its course. Don't feel bad about it. Um, games don't have timers on them. They don't have expiration dates. They just expire. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, I tip my hat to those grognars who are like, oh, we've played the same AD and D campaign for 30 years, like seven generations of characters, like good on you guys. But like, yep. I play like nine months of a game and I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like, that was the thing when I was in. That was the thing when I was in college. Is that we played uh, variations of the same campaign for four years, and we played anywhere from one to five times a week with different, with different, with different. Well, it was we were doing different games, so we had different oh, college, characters, different yeah. characters. Well, I was also an English major, so I had like no, I had like no homework. Um, and uh, so yeah, and then like I, I had that Mechcon campaign that with various players ran for almost ten years. And so for me, I always feel bad if a game is like, oh, this game's only been going for like 35, 40 sessions. It's not really a real game yet. You know, that's just, <laughs> and, and, and I've got to get past that because it's not, uh, it's not quantity, it's quality. Because some of those games I read in college were just, yeah, they were fun, but they, they weren't high quality games. Uh, a lot of them evolved from, I was bored in my, my room when my players walked in and said, hey, you want to play a game today? I'm like, sure, here, grab an MPP and we're start playing a game. And I would just, run a game pretty much off the cuff from there and then an hour later somebody else walked in oh you guys are playing and sat down and kept playing um this is why we had like 15 different superhero groups going on at the same time um (laughs) i got smart i eventually just had them run npcs they'd already encountered so i didn't have to come to character um but yeah i mean that that's that you can do that um it's 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 also the uh uh, a lot of things like the there's nothing wrong with the programmed adventures or the pre-written adventures of the D&D games or the Pathfinder Adventure Paths where when you start the game you expect that you're going going to get to level 20 by the time you're done you're going to play a certain number of modules and sessions but then it sometimes feels odd if you don't get that way Um, there's there's ways to to fix that problem as well which I've done, that's a different topic Um, but yeah I mean you can get GM burnout just from playing the same game for too long so well, and that's the part where, you know, again, mm-hmm. if you've played it too long and you stop getting energy out of it, yep. um, then it flips. Yep. Yep. Right. Like it flips over to net negative or net zero. Right. Because net, I mean, net zero is the beginning of a problem. Right. Like if a game is yeah. just, you know, if a game's not giving you energy or taking energy away, that's not necessarily a good thing. Right. Like yep. if you're playing games for recreation, not for business purposes, then yep. your games should be giving you back energy. To have fun, yeah. Uh, anything else going on in that chat room? Andy um said that uh, uh, in their experience, they found player burnout is often from unaddressed interpersonal issues, sure, which that definitely um, um, I've seen that happen way too many times. But again, y- y- you're you're interacting with other people, you're supposed to be friends, and you're supposed to all be there for the same reason to have a good time. Got to talk, got to communicate like anything. If you're not communicating, 
you're asking for trouble. <laughs> so oh, yes. if you've got some kind of a problem with another player or another player's got a problem with you, you have to talk about it. You have to get it resolved because otherwise you're just going to mess the table up for everybody else. You should genuinely like the people you game yeah. with. I'm not saying they have to be your best friends. No, I'm not even saying they have to be in your circle of friends, but you should like the people you game with. Yeah. yeah. Like you should look at them and be like, I like these people. Like I am happy. These people are part of like the, in this, in this sphere of my life. Yep. Now, you know, you can do the other messy thing and just, you know, mesh all those together, which is what I've done almost my entire life, which is my friend group is my game group. Yeah. Um, but you know, you don't have to, um, but I think it's, um, but I think, you know, you, you should genuinely like the, like you should genuinely like the people I, I, I would hate to think, and I'm sure it's true that there are people who are like, I want to play D and D and I play with these people, but like, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't have these people over to my house. Exactly. Right. Like, like, yeah. like I, I genuinely like everybody like that we game with. Yep. My, uh, my, my first game group back here in Buffalo years before I met uh, any of you or, or even the group that was before this group, uh, the very first group I had when I met here um, was kind of a, uh, it was an ambush group. First of all, cause I was being invited to come play in a game and I got to like, Oh, you're the GM. Um <laughs> But after I played with them for a couple of weeks, I began to realize I don't really like, I would not want to hang out with any of these people outside or of the group. And I don't think they'd want to hang out with me. It's just that we were different kinds of people with different motivations and everything else. And that's when I began to realize that, like, you know, when we get to the end of this adventure, we're done. I'm, I'll run yeah. to the end of this. Yeah. And then I don't, I don't really want to game with, with any of, you know, we just kind of broke the group up. Um, and I did have them to my house. And a couple of them made some rather interesting comments, I will say, for the after show. But, oh, uh, yeah, it was just it was one of those kind of things. So yeah. yeah, sometimes these days I would like, like I like the idea of just hanging out with any of the. There's not a single person that I game with right now that I wouldn't just have a good time hanging out with outside of the game. Yeah, and yep. just hanging out, going places. You know, the kind of person that if they call me up at two in the morning and say I've got an emergency, I'll be there five minutes later with my car to take them wherever we got to go, kind of thing. And I know they'd be there the same way. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it works a lot. I thought. I'll probably tell the after show. I'll tell you the story about about uh, break Bob and Breakout Con that really that really hit me in the field. I'll tell that in the after show. So go ahead. Next topic. All right. <laughs> Time to jump back in. We are going to continue our GM burnout segment with our roundtable discussion, starting with this question. Sorry, I'm answering something for Schmidt in the chat room. Okay. Oh. Question number one. Uh, name a time when you've suffered from GM burnout, and what was the cause? Right now, uh, my Eberron games have put on hold several times because of scheduling, and it's nobody's fault. It's just I'm just not excited about the system or the storyline we're in. We're just kind of fizzing out. Um, part of that is just because we've had so many breaks in the game that that week-to-week enthusiasm that you get has just kind of waned. Um, the last session I ran did not go well, and it was, it was my fault, not theirs. I wasn't as prepared for it as I should have been. I didn't prep for it enough. Um, as a result, the plot just kind of fell apart. And I'm not super, I, I will definitely want to run it for everybody if they want to play it. But at the same time, I'm like, when this story's over, I think we might be done. Um, I enjoy the players. I enjoy the characters. Um, when we do get together, they do a really good job. But the adventures I'm running just aren't meshing as well. I can tell I'm running these adventures and every single one, I'm like, there's problems with this adventure. And I, as, as a GM, I know that we often see the faults in our own creations more than anybody else does, but it, it's just it's too glaring. 
And the system itself um, isn't holding up to continuous play with uh, players, especially other other game designers. <laughs> um, and we're going to finding all the like this isn't working. This is this is part of why the why the crunchiness of the game isn't working to to tie us back into this week's pandas. Um, so it's just I'm, I've got GM burnout on it. Um, and I realize it because while I get ready to run every time we play, the first time somebody's like, well, I'm like, yeah, I guess we don't want to play this week. I'm never quite super relieved, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm, I'm empathetic about it at this point. I'm like, yeah, it would have been fun to play, but if we don't play, I don't, it's, I'll do something So you else. think you're probably like an early burnout? I'm probably mid-burnout. Mid? I'm, okay. I'm, are you, I'm, are you I'm burnt passing. out from GMing, or you think you just burned out of this game? Burned out of this game. And yeah. specifically, the game, not the players. Yeah, so switching so switching game you think will probably pull you back out of this. Yeah, but I gotta find something that's gonna work for everybody and you're I'm, drifting and off camera, out. Phil. Oh sorry. Sorry, um, you know yeah. I'm I'm sitting poorly because you know I'm queer, so I can't sit properly in a chair, so I start drifting. Hang on. I'll sit back in the proper configuration. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah. So sorry. Usually it's Jerry say, that I, fades. I, yeah, yeah, it's always Jerry. So uh hopefully my new chair will fix that problem. No, so, I was leaning to one side. It was like sitting all Captain, you know, Captain, you know, Kirk, yeah. Riker, yeah. that yeah. kind of thing. So anyway, so that's how it is. And it's like I said, uh, yeah, committee's commenting. We do bicker about the rules. The thing is, we're not bickering about the rules. We all agree. We don't argue about the rules. We all agree the same thing. This rule sucks. <laughs> yeah. And this rule sucks. And we're not really sure. For a while, we talked about like, well, maybe we should just come up with a fix for this. We got to the point where we're like, you know what? It's, it's not worth fixing. Um, and there are some issues with, with the game. And so we'll just probably finish this little story arc and wrap it up just as so not left hanging with a, with a murder mystery on their hands. Because uh, I do hate that. I hate leaving players halfway through a cliffhanger. Um, but and then, then wrap it up from there. Or just discuss what was actually going on and wrap it up, one of the other two. But that's I'm pretty like, much it. Now that you've seen Heat, I'm like De Niro when it comes to bad games. Like. Yep. You got to be. I'm prepared in 30 seconds to walk out on any game that yep. isn't working. Like mid story, what like ain't working? We don't have to finish playing this game. Yep. No need, wanna, there's no need to prolong this. You you guys ain't having fun. We're done. Yeah. Let's go get another game off the shelf. We're good. Yeah. We'll figure something out. <laughs> All right. So Bob. Yeah. So I got burned out running my 4E game. Um, we were all having fun with it. The table was was uh, was enjoyable. Um, the high after the game was usually there. Um, it was net positive for quite a while. Um, and when I started, I was very excited about, um, cutting out, you know, uh, um, I was printing out on cardstock, the, the maps from the, the adventures, and I was making tokens for all the monsters and it was a ton of, of, of bits and bobs prep work before the game. And when I started, I was very excited about it. We got a year into that thing and it got to the point where it's like, oh, I got to cut out terrain for the, uh, I gotta, uh, and I don't have monsters for this week. I got to make mm-hmm. monsters for this week. Uh, and I was like, ah. <laughs> and then it flipped net, net negative, net negative. <laughs> So that actually brings up a good point that it's entirely possible that nothing changes in the game, but yeah. you can just stop deriving uh, excitement out of certain things from a game over yep. time. Like, 
sorry, I'm just going to receipt myself here. So like in the beginning, it's like you said, right? Like you were getting a lot of energy, like cutting and prepping all that stuff was yeah. fun. But then like one day it's just like, ugh, yeah. I'm doing it again. Right. Like, and, and that's the, you know, um, it's just like when you do something repetitive, like it stops being fun. And I think Jerry, that's the same thing you're running into because you're playing Savage Worlds, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, my experiences with Savage Worlds is that I love initially running Savage Worlds. And then after a certain period of time, I'm like, well, I, f- I feel like I've played this entire game system. Like, I feel like I've played everything that could be played in this game. Anything else I play from this point on is just it, like I've already played. Like, I've already played through all these yeah. mechanics. I think part of the problem is that Savage Worlds would be a good fit for Eberron if I ran a more action-oriented campaign. And yes. I did not. I did not. Oh, I and that, I, so I, that's I the case I, where the system may not be the best. Um, yeah. And and Savage Worlds can handle lots of um, like uh, investigation and storytelling and that. The new version kind of screwed some of that up, the newest edition, um, because they got rid of some skills and combined some others, and they they just made some very generic everyman skills. But so it means that being an investigator becomes less of a specialized thing. <clears throat> which, if that's what you're trying to do, then works. So it's it's the fact that when I wrote the original game, I had a different group of players. And they were all very action-oriented. And so I had some adventures written that were very kind of hack and slash. And then the new players were action were, were action focused, but also had a lot of really good role-playing hooks and character hooks and background hooks to play with. And then we added Schmitty, who was even better, and came up with a really amazing uh consultant detective. And that but some really good stories, but it's a different situation. And because I was kind of adapting some of the pre-written modules. Um, <laughs> some of them aren't, the more I read them, I'm like, there's big flaws in this. Like, there's a great, like, I love the idea of everybody after going under undercover in a masquerade, but the rest of the adventure is kind of silly. Um, and that becomes a problem as you look at it more and more that it was written for 3.5. So, um, yeah. When you, anyway, when you that, look at, you at, the, at game systems, like, there's there's that complaint that, you know, like, oh, you can't do that with D&D. Like, you can run any kind of game you want with pretty much any game system out there you want. But uh, some systems are better suited for certain okay. types of games. D&D yeah. has always been a combat-oriented system. Okay? Mm-hmm. Savage Worlds is fast, furious, fun. It's on the freaking label. Okay? Yep. That's what yep. it's made for. If you're going to do a very introspective, character-driven heavy heavy drama like interaction thing savage worlds is really not the system that you want to play you can do it It it's not yes you can do it but you really don't want to but you're fighting the system at that point exactly you're fighting against the system um you know and 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 say what you want i love me some dnd dnd is a colonizer system you're you're supposed to go in there hack the crap out of some poor bastard steal their shit and then get rich off of it and level up. That's the yep. way the game is made. Okay. Can you do other stuff with it? Yes. But if you're doing other stuff with it, you're going against the grain and eventually the system's going to be fighting against you. So while yes, play what you want to play. If you enjoy it, perfect. I am never going to argue with someone who says we've been doing a, a deep character drama thing with like no dice rolling ever and using Savage Worlds. If you're enjoying it, perfect. Yep. Chef's kiss. Enjoy it. Have fun. But if you're sitting there going, oh, why are we having so much trouble with this? 
stop and think about it. If you're fighting yep. the system, you might want to look elsewhere. Um, but that is exactly. diverting from our our topic of burnout. Um, so back to me, yes, the 4E game, I, I burned out on prep. I got tired of doing all of that prep work that I was doing. We were having fun with the game itself. When we sat down at the table, everything was great. But eventually, the prep negative outweighed the positives I was getting from it. And I was like, I got to stop. I got to put this game on the shelf. And everybody was like, okay, that's cool. And then somebody yeah. else started GMing and I sat back and just played again. So, Phil, mm-hmm. where's yours? Uh, yeah, mine's actually pretty recent. Um, and it may have been preventative, not actual burnout, um, which was uh, my recent move. So um, having come off the tail end of a whole bunch of work, which I was managing running my games and and working, like I had managed a a nice balance um, to keep all my games running, but coming up on the move last month and all the prep work for the move, like packing and um, buying stuff and like, you know, every, like, you know, um, all the, like just all the things, I mean, you know, you're doing it right now, Bob. Um, I realized I was like, you know, if I, run these games on Sundays, my two sessions, right? I have one, I I run every Sunday, you know, bi-weekly, two different groups. If I have to prep these and run these while all this other stuff is going on, like I'm going to burn out. Like this will be the overwork part because I'll be, I'm going to be exhausted from packing and moving boxes over to the apartment all week long. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to burn out. And, um, and so preemptively, I just was like, hey, let's not do this. Yeah. Um, let's let's just take a break till August. And yeah. I will and and this is the temporary yeah. thing, right? So everything's gonna pass. And in August, I will come back refreshed and settled and ready to like go back to playing some games. Yeah. Um, and then this way I won't be burnt out from GMing. I won't be burnt out of the games. Right. Yep. Um, right. Like I will like I and I will be like the move will be over and I will be settled and calm. And so yeah, that was it. Like I felt the verge of it. And I just like I knew the over I knew it was gonna be overwork. Right. Like I knew I was like, I was like, I know what's gonna happen because I made this big list of work that I needed to do in order to move out. And I was like scheduling it out in Trello, like every, like, like, you know, every week I was putting a block of cards in my Trello queue and like, okay, these got to be worked on this week and queue up the next ones and that kind of thing. And I just knew like, this is a recipe for disaster. If I just kind of like, well, I'm just going to push on through like, and, you know, and just I'll prep stuff while I'm physically exhausted. Um, And so I just didn't, and it was so much better. Like, I'm in a very good mental place about all the games that like my, like the two games that we have running in a very, very good mental place. My feelings and thoughts about GMing are still very positive. Yeah. Like I'm like come August, I'm ready to start running some games. Now the, the way you worded the work part seemed like you were dismissing it, but you were under a lot of stress from work with those projects that were all wrapping up. Oh, I was. I and was. We but could so, tell that you were under a lot of stress. Oh, I, I totally was. But I was managing my games because I had shrunk all of my encoded work down to next to nothing. Yeah. I'll tell you the thing I was burning out. I've been burning out on for a while was uh, the show. The show was actually becoming um, 
a bigger drain uh, than running games. And and again, that was from the stress of like that was the stress of everything going on during the week. Yeah, because the week is when I usually start. So there's a process for prepping a show, which starts with Wednesday after the show. We start thinking of the next topic. And then on my schedule of things, in order for me to have a show ready by Tuesday, I need to be writing that show on a Friday. And with work. I was so tired come the end of Friday that I was resenting having to sit and write the notes for the session. And then compounded by that, if like, if we didn't come up with a topic before Friday, then it's Friday and I don't have a topic to write with. Like it's even worse. Right. So I was actually burning out harder (laughs) on the show. I had gotten the gaming stuff down where I was like doing my prep work and I, you know, do a little prep work, um, uh, two nights a week. One of them's on a Saturday. So it was always like, now nah, I'm always going to have time to get this prep work ready for this game. And truthfully, like the way I run stuff and the way we play stuff is like, once I prep a thing, that's like usually three, two to three sessions worth of material. Yeah. So it's like one, like I got to work, like I got to work hard this week, but then for like the next six weeks, I just got to like touch up what I have mm-hmm. and just keep it running. Yep. So yeah, I did. So you're right. Work was work was um, work was incredibly busy, but it wasn't turning any of my games into a net negative. Right. Um, the show was becoming a net negative for me, mm-hmm. um, and and that was and that was tough because you know you, like I can I can tell you guys that we can take some time off from gaming and come back, but you know there's the fear about the show pod fading. Yeah. And you know, like I didn't want to have frequent time, like frequent times off. Mm-hmm. So I did just barrel through, um, you know, I, I did just barrel through a lot of show prep. Mm-hmm. Okay. We should change. Let's, yeah. let's jump into our second question. Yeah. All right. Question two, when you're burnout recovering, do you like time with or away from the gaming group? So I've done both. Um, when I did have that GM burnout, I was fine coming to the table to play most of the time. Um, there was one campaign that I was GMing. Um, it didn't last a super long time, but I was having uh, uh, a lot of, of stress and uh, uh, for various reasons. And I just was like, you know what? I got I to gotta step away. And I walked away from, from the one game group for a couple of months and just didn't play or run anything. I was just like, I gotta, I gotta walk away. Um, and that was hard because, you know, that's like, these are my friends that I see every mm-hmm. week. And I was like, you know what, this particular game, I just, you guys run something. I got to walk away. Um, but after I was away for a while, I, I got, I got, you know, refreshed and everything like that came back ready to go. Um, but that was right around the time where I was making the decision that like, GMing just isn't doing it for me because I'm not super good at it for various reasons. I've had some bad experiences with the most of the games that I've GM did not go as well as the 4E game. The 4E game was really the pinnacle of my GMing. Um, And I just got to the point where I was like, you know, I'm just not going to GM anymore. And I walked away from GMing and I'll just stay, I'll play. (laughs) What about you, Phil? Yeah, typically I I will tend to retreat when I need to recover. Like I I'm an introvert um for the most part, so like when I am when I need to recover, like I need to just get away from people, kind of turtle up and um, you know, just play some video games, read something like that. Um 
also part of it, and this is um, just a bad habit of mine, is that if I'm taking time off from gaming and we're hanging out, I will often feel like I'm letting people down by not running stuff. Like, and that's not that that's how people treat it, but that's how, like, that's my own mental hangups about it. Like, that's the, you should have just done it. Like, you should have just pushed through and gotten a game out. Um, But now we're all sitting around and there's no game because you didn't run it, Mm -hmm. Um, which is excessively harsh. Right. And so um, if anything for a few years of therapy has taught me is to not be as harsh to myself. So like this time when I preemptively stopped the games, we've gone and hung out together and I've done it guilt free. Like, I'm just like, nope, it's fine. Like, it's fine because I like like I made myself okay with that. I'm not letting anyone down. We are all hanging out. We're having a good time. I don't actually need to retreat. I just don't have the time to do this. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I tend to like, that's when I want like double down on Minecraft. Right. And if I'm really burnt out on things, like I don't like getting on mumble. I don't like, like, I don't like, I just don't want to like, I just don't want to people. Yeah. Um, but that is also a, um, that is also a slippery slope because the longer that happens, the weirder I get. Right. So then like, if I do that too long, then it's like, well, I don't think people really want to hear from me. I should definitely not go on mumble. Um, I don't think anyone likes me. Like it becomes this downward spiral. So there's like a, there is a limit to how much isolation I'm allowed to have before I have to just put myself back in the world. Otherwise I will like go like full on Howard Hughes. Right. Like I'll just like get weirder and weirder and start collecting my pee in jars and stuff. Like that way a different direction. We're not, we're not doing that. (laughs) All right, Jerry, what about you? What's your, uh, what's your path for recovering? Well, either run something else or play something else. I want to game and hang with friends. I'm the opposite. I'm not, I'm actually not all that extroverted despite what I do for a living. Um, But with the people I do care about, I want to, I want social contact with them. and my, my wife knows this. There, there were times when she would say things to me like, you know, you have back when the game stores were open, she'd say, you haven't gamed in two weeks. You, you should go to a game. You, know, you should go to the game store. Go do something. Go find a game to play. Go hang out with people. Go do something fun. Um, just because, and oh, she's not trying to get rid of me, <laughs> because she understands that that's part of my support network, that I, I draw energy from the, the friends that are around me that I, so I, I'll, you know, I don't care if we go watch a movie and hang out or if we just sit and talk, you know, talk game theory or we play a board game or something, but I want to do something. If I'm not, if I'm not gaming and running something myself, I want to go do something else that's in that same vein because it's part of what gives me spoons and keeps me uh, more active. And I'll, and I do know that I'll get into a downward spiral if I don't have that kind of social interaction, especially since my other job means that I have to kind of control everything I do what I say and how I talk and so on. So being able to be with people who you can be yourself with makes a huge difference. And gaming is part of it. So that's just that's just my thing. Yep. So cool. All right. Question three. Have you ever burned out as a player? I, I don't think I have because I don't play enough games, right? I predominantly run games. Like I other like I occasionally play in other people's games, but I, I primarily run games. So I don't think I've ever burned out. Although, Bob, I looked at your answer, and I think that's the closest I have also almost burnt out. I so I, I'll save it that. for you to talk <laughs> about. But I was in that game with you, and I also 
that's the closest I think I've ever burned out as a player. Um, there are plenty of games where I have not wanted to be in the game anymore. Right. Like I've just like, you know, there are games that have gone on where I'm like, mm, like I am no longer enjoying this. Like I'm no longer enjoying this game, not the people, not the GM, just like, I don't like, I'm not enjoying this particular game. Um, and that's different. That's not burning out because I would like, if we switch games, I would gladly just keep playing with everybody. I'm, I'm not like fed up with people. I just didn't like, like, I didn't like a particular run of a game. Um, like, like Glenn, Glenn's a fantastic GM, but he ran, um, oh, that PBTA game, that sci-fi one, that generational game. Life, I can't remember what it is. Oh. Life Among the Ashes or, do you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Why can't I think of the name of it? Yeah. Legacy. Thank you, Blake. Legacy, Life Among the Ruins. Yeah. And I just like, like, I love Glenn. Glenn's a great GM. I just did not enjoy that game. Yeah. And I don't even think there's anything wrong with the game. It just was like, it was, it was a game that did not gel with me. And so like, I went to the sessions and I was like, man, playing the game, but like, you know, I, like, I wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't hugely fun during that period of time. And again, uh, you know, I, I would play anything else that Glenn offered to run because Glenn's great. Yeah. So, okay. That's me. All right. Uh, for me, this actually happened quite a bit. I've been in quite a few games over the last 40 years where uh, a game just doesn't engage enough or the campaign isn't going where the GM implied it would. You know, here's a romance game. This is the game about romance. And there was no romance at all in the game for like 12 weeks. Um, you know, a game where you're building characters based on city, and you build city-based characters and then you need to get yanked out and, and spend all your time in dungeon crawls, that sort of thing. That that That's lost me. Um, sometimes you just don't feel the character. I, you're, you're playing a game and you're like, I just don't really care. This I've been in games where I'm like, I don't care if this character lives or dies. This but character let, is miserable. But um, let me ask you a question yeah. here. Because you're yeah. talking about games you didn't enjoy playing. Yeah. But did you ever reach a point where you just didn't want to play? No, I wanted to do something else. I never, I never get to, I've gotten a point where they want to play that game. Okay. Cause then you're like, cause then you're a lot like me in that respect where it's like, you're not burnt out from playing games. You just are like, I'm not enjoying this game. Yep. It's burnt out. Yep. Oh no. Yeah. No, I, I, I never get to a point where I'm like, I, I, I wish I had the stamina to pull those, you know, we're going to play from, from eight in the morning until sometime tomorrow morning and and play like that. Those college game days. I wish I still had that stamina because I would do that. I would play oh, yeah. all the time. And oh, I would. Just, I would if I was younger. Yeah. But yeah. I'm old yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, well, we just, it, it, it's happened. And uh, it's, it's not, and like I said, it's not even always a GM. So it's just, it's the wrong character, the wrong. Um, I've talked about this with some of the video games I've played where I'm like, I'm playing this video game, but I really don't care about this character at all. And I've had the same thing in a game I've been playing as a role playing game where I'm just like, Whatever has happened in this game has got has developed to the point where this character has made choices that now make me not like this character. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the situation. I don't like the scenario. I don't like the campaign. Like, yeah. And sometimes now, to be honest, once in a while, the idea is I just want to kill this character off and start over. Do you want to retire them? No, I want them to die horribly. Heroically? No, just have them executed. Get them out of my misery and we'll start over from scratch. Right. So, and, so, and so to be clear, because I, I just, you know, you know me, yeah. I like I like my definitions you do. Um, to be clear. That's so you're not really suffering from player burnout. You're just suffering from I don't like this game. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's okay. Like I'm with yeah. you because I again, player burnout's actually pretty hard. And I think Andy actually hit on a um from the chat room hit on a really good point about um interpersonal problems are actually probably the key to um player burnout, like not wanting yeah. to play. So, Bob, yeah, do you want to? Yeah, yeah, but I'm not. But I'm not quiet about that kind of stuff. This player, person, yeah, Jerry will speak again. up. <laughs> I'll come right out and say, you know, you're you're, you're being an asshat. Stop that, or I'm leaving. You're harsh in my calm here. Knock it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not subtle about that kind of shit. Yeah. So, all right, Bob. Yeah. So thinking about my answer, it it, it is it's it's borderline. Um, it's it's more. It's leaning more towards I just was tired of that game and would have gladly played something else. But there was an element of like, oh, I'm just tired. Like, and that was, we were playing Pathfinder. We were doing the King, the Kingmaker uh, campaign path. And there were some group dynamics that really weren't working. Um, and it just, it, it's Pathfinder. So it was the super crunch was starting to wear on me. And it was in the beginning, like, it was exciting. Uh, yeah. Like I remember we were all excited in the beginning, but yes, yeah. I had the same, I had a very similar experience. Yeah. We got, we got I, I had that problem with every Pathfinder game. It's really good for the first three or four adventure paths. And I just burned out on it. Yeah. We, I don't even remember how many sessions we played it at, but it was a good like dozen maybe. And it was just like, uh, it got to the point where it's like, I don't want to be here for this session. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Oh, somebody canceled. They can't make it. Oh, we shouldn't play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you make it as far as the village that disappeared in the undead uh, Cyclops Lich guy? I think I we did. Remember. Okay, it's that's a good. So that, 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 that was that was when I thought the the story was still going on. I really wanted to play that one. We only played the first like half the first adventure path, and then that fell apart. Um, all right, but that was uh, that was it for me. So, all right, that's yeah, our topic on GM burnout. We hope this advice helps you to avoid or recover from burnout, uh, keeps you behind the screen, or at least at the very least, um, keeps you gaming. There you go. So we're going to check in with the chat room one more time and then head on over to the conversation corner and do the thing. Oh, fun, 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 right? Uh, what does Andy got here? Uh, one 4E game player A refused to tell me how uncomfortable player B was making them, and then player A tanked the game instead of talking to me about it. Yeah, oh. like, come on, let's not be children. Um, it, 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 if you're in this game, there's the supposition that you're all in it together. You're all there to have fun. You're all there to play the game. So let's talk. <laughs> and player C blamed, blamed them and would not play with them again. So, yeah, okay, that's a group that uh, needed to implode and just go their own separate ways. That's <laughs> Some groups do not work well. Yeah, some groups just don't gel. When you do, I'm spoiled right now. I've got mm -hmm. every table that I sit at, virtual or otherwise, is just a joy to be playing with. Yeah. Everybody in their own way is bringing it, and and it's a good time. So mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm so spoiled. <laughs> yeah, I have no regrets. I, I, every yeah. table I've got is every table I've got. I'm like, I love everybody at this table. Yep. I even have a few games queued up where I'm like, I already love these people. Yep. I'm not even playing with them yet, but I already know who I'm playing with. So I love <laughs> exactly. these people too. Yeah. All right. Let's do the thing where we go to the place. All right. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, this is going to be a recurring theme, uh, for a while for me because of the timeline for my, for my, uh, house move in my condo, but, uh, doing a lot of cleaning and packing. Um, I've got a, uh, a ton of stuff to do still. Um, it's 
there's a there's a quantity of stuff to do, but I don't have a lot of stuff in general. Um, one thing that I have to do this week and next week is I need to gather up all the old tech because there's a recycling event not uh, not far from here um, on the 16th of July that I need to go take old PCs and old like I've got two old TiVos, I've got an old DVD player, I've got you know stuff like that. And I just need to gather that all up and, and take it to this recycling event, drop it off and be like, your problem, not mine, <laughs> and walk away. Um, so I've got to get all that stuff. Um, the most interesting part of that is I have, in its original packaging, I still have my Apple IIGS from 1980. Dude, you can't get rid of that. I have to get rid of it. All right. At one no, point, go look on eBay. Go look on eBay. Somebody, I, I somebody. tried to find somebody that was like a collector or whatever. Like, I don't have any of the discs anymore. So there's no software to run on it. It's just hardware. And oh, nobody wants, wants it without a day. Like, oh, do you have a game? Like, no. I Like, all the discs are gone. They went in a purge at some point because I didn't think it would become a problem to have a, a device that you couldn't do anything with. <laughs> I look, oh, these are floppy disks. I don't need these anymore. And they went, yep. not realizing that you know, if I had packaged them together with this device two, three years ago, I could have gotten rid of it and maybe even sold it for something. Um, so, yeah, I've got the, the Apple II GS. I've got a printer, an Apple Reuter printer. Like, all this stuff's got to get unboxed. All the packaging needs to be sent to, to into the normal recycling. And then the physical hardware has got to go to this recycling event to be taken care of. Um, so that's that's going to be you know a, a good chunk of the next week and a half. Well, I'm um, I'm just looking at some of these eBay prices on an Apple II GS. Like, I, you know, uh, I don't know if they're selling, but it's the it's the classic it's the classic conundrum. Like with my Magic cards, with my, all my football, cards. I've got football cards. I got a comic book collection, and it's like, oh, that's worth money. And it's like, it's only worth money if someone will hand you money for it and take yep. it off your hands. If it's just right. sitting there, it ain't worth nothing. <laughs> That's it's why I've always only... said with, with, <clears throat> with stuff like that on eBay, you, you always look at eBay one of three ways. This is something that I would really want to keep it, but if it's worth this much, I'll sell it. There's stuff you're like, you know what, <laughs> this, is, this is worth something. If I get this much, I'll be happy with it. And then there's get it the hell out of my house. Yeah. And at that point, you're like, you know what? I know it's going for $300 on eBay. I'm going to put it up for 20 bucks plus shipping and handling and and then you might suddenly see people bidding it up to whatever. Uh, yeah. I don't <laughs> even have the energy to put it up on eBay and say somebody give yeah. me, you know, shipping for it. Like oh, I don't even have yeah. that that energy left. So it's no like problem. it's all going. It's fire yeah. sale. It's <laughs> it's walking out the door. So mm-hmm. um, no, then you know I don't blame you. Yeah, that's that's a that's fair. Yeah, oh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. That being said, um, I'm, I'm maintaining my sanity with uh, with uh, good TV, playing Valheim with uh, with Jerry, um, and uh, and amazingly enough, uh, I've been over to Phil's place like three times now. <laughs> in, yeah. the week, in the week and a half, two weeks he's been there, <laughs> I've already been over there three three times. So it's like uh, it's like old hat now. <laughs> it's nice it's nice yeah it's nice having nice you guys place. over it's a nice place yes um what about you jerry well um Bellheim, of course has been my my big release it's been a lot of fun um 
We've been having a lot of just we're we're into a new a new biome, so things are dangerous and horrible. And uh, I went out one time, and I think I died nine times in one night. Um, often just dying trying to get it back to my body. But it's been a lot of fun, and uh, we're doing some cool stuff. And the storytelling is still neat. Um, Chris came on this weekend, and we made another major achievement, and then died. Um, part of the fun of having Chris come on is Chris comes on, we almost always end up with, you know, we can try that, but it's a really stupid thing to do. Well, then let's try it, and things happen, which is good. Um, been enjoying Loki uh, and the Bad Batch. This week's Rick and Morty was killing. <laughs> um, and I've also been cleaning. I've been doing a lot of um, just trying to get the, the basement rec room kind of put back together again, um, buying a bunch of shelves, just a lot of physical stuff. So um, I'm not an outdoorsy type, so this is about as tan as I get. Um, so this whole weekend being, being hot and sunny outside was no incentive at all for me to do anything. I think the most sun I got was just going back and forth between the garage and the house. But um, yeah, it's been fun though. Bill? Uh, yeah, for me, um, I mean, the bulk of my week has been settling into the apartment, um, unpacking boxes and just kind of figuring out how everything, um, like how everything works, like where, you know, where do I, you know, like, where do I cook stuff and how do I cook stuff? And, um, I, I will say my, um, my Ninja foodie air fryer, um, is the bomb. Like I, I, like I use my micro, I've used my microwave a few times this past like eight or 10 days. I have used that foodie. I think every day, um, air fryer for life, man, air fryer for life. Um, I took, I, so, um, the other day I went out to Trader Joe's and bought um, just a bunch of random stuff. I bought stuff for you guys coming over, but I also bought myself this, um, the Mandarin orange chicken from Trader Joe's, which by the way, chef's kiss, mm, delicious. So the first time I made it, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to follow the directions. And I made it in the oven and it comes with these sauce packets. So you actually like mix up the sauce and then toss the, the, um, the fried chicken into the sauce um, to serve it. And so I was like, okay, next time, absolutely, I'm air frying the chicken and I'll just heat up the sauce on the stove. Mm -hmm. But I had leftovers. And I remember Jerry telling me that um, leftover Chinese food, especially breaded Chinese food, is fantastic in the air fryer. So I uh, threw it on some parchment paper and tossed it in the air fryer. And Jerry, you did not lie. Uh, <laughs> it was delicious when I heated it back up. So um, leftovers become exciting with an air fryer. I'll yeah, I heated up pizza in it. It was delicious. Like, man, there isn't anything that that air fryer isn't awesome at. Uh, and I, I saved myself a lot of hassle. I got myself um, perforated pre-cut parchment paper mm -hmm. that fits my air fryer basket. Mm -hmm. So like now, like cleanup is even like even easier because I just like throw a parchment paper in, throw the food in, cook it pull the parchment paper out and like quick wash the basket. It's great. Anyway, not to go overboard on that. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just tell you one thing. If you're going to do uh, stuff in the air fryer, you go out to restaurants and you always end up with like that one little roll or bread or that, that, that you right. like, which take it home, put it in the fridge, wrap it in tin foil and, put and it in throw it fryer. in the air fryer. Oh, leftover Texas roadhouse. Oh. bread is amazing. Two days later. Really there you good. go. Um, <laughs> I have gotten to watch some things. So like, cause I also have a new television. So um, I've been watching Loki. In fact, I just caught up to Loki um, uh, before dinner tonight. That was a hell of an episode. Um, I've been, you know, obviously watching Voyager along the way. 
Um, we watched Heat. We had a movie night. Uh, I started watching Lower Decks. I'm like a uh, handful of episodes mm-hmm. into Lower Decks because I was like, oh, I can just watch this on my TV now. Um, so I've been like, what, just, you know, picking an episode here and there. Um, and what do you think? Oh, it's fun. It's totally Good. fun. I, I love it. It's great. Um, I don't think I've hit any of the iconic episodes yet. The ones I've watched so far have been pretty good. Um, the last one I watched was the one where um, about the buffer time. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um, so anyway, I've been watching yeah. that. That's been enjoyable. Um, so all of, all of that's actually going really well. Um, and then um, I got um, my first uh, official game in the in the apartment um, with um, uh, game of fiasco. So Tony and Glenn and Bob came over. That's my usual I hunt group. But again, since we're on hiatus, um, I was like, you know, I don't have time to prep anything. But like now that I have all my stuff out, like I'm, all my games are on my game shelf and things like that. I was like, oh, I have fiasco and that's no prep. So I was like, why don't you guys just come over? Let's play some fiasco. And so we played fiasco on Sunday night, had a great time. Um, fantastic. horrible. Yes. Fantastic romp of some really strange people and in some really strange circumstances. Um, so it was good. It was good. I had a lot of fun. Um, I had a lot of fun uh, playing it and it was great having you guys around the table again. And uh, also like, um, I just wanted to see that space actually as a gaming space. Yep. It had so far just been like my dining room table, uh, but it totally works. Like it totally works as a gaming space and um, it's great. So yeah, all in all, like I'm super pleased with where the apartment is at this point. Like I still need to hang stuff on walls um, and I have a whole collection of things to hang on walls and then I'll need to go buy some more stuff. But I didn't want to... Um, I didn't want to do that until everything was kind of in, in its place um, so that I could then start figuring out like what's missing kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I'm getting there. I'm getting there. My couch will be the next big thing. My couch arrives in August and I will be, um, then I will like do some, I will start finalizing things around the house once, um, once I get that in place. So yeah, that's me. Cool. All right. All right. Well, that brings us to our Patreon shout outs. Thank you for being our patrons to Joe Rasso, John, M.T. Black, Matthew Petrozelli, Mike Olson, Padme's Lover, Robert Dorgan, Ryan Bolter, Texas Bento, and Troy Pitchelman. And thank you to everyone for listening tonight. If you are free on Tuesday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. The Queen's Time, you're welcome. Come join us live on Twitch where you can chat with other listeners in the awesome chat room for life and ask us the occasional question. If you can't make a live show, check out our podcast each week, wherever you get your podcasts. And pick a listener that shows them the Striker Mark Network, such as Nero Super Geek, Mastering Dungeons, Bonesworn Obsidian, The FM Gamers, Panda's Talking Games, The Gnome Cast, Jung Russell, The Lounge, Bonus Experience, and back episodes of She's a Super Geek. You can and should also check out sibling podcasts, Tabletop Bellhop, The Knights of the Night, and The Always Amazing Gaming and BS. Before your hesitation turns into full-blown burnout, leave us some feedback. You can reach us directly via email, mmp at misdirectedmark.com. Check us out on Twitter. The show and the network is at misdirectedmark. He is Robert M. Everson. He is GM Gerrymander, and I am DNA Phil. If you like what we do here and on the other shows in the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaigns. 
MMP, Mastering Dungeons, and Panda Stocking Games are at patreon.com slash MMP. Django Hustle is at patreon.com slash Django Hustle, and Bonus Experience is at patreon.com slash bonus experience. Patrons of MMP, Mastering Dungeons, and Panda Stocking Games get access to the after show, pre-production show notes, musical parodies, the Bamboo Lounge, and other special releases. This has been a Mr. Mark production. The media arm of the club designs. Mic drop. We out.